Welcome to the Creative Agency Account Manager podcast with me, Jenny Plant from Account Management Skills Training. I'm on a mission to help those in agency client service keep and grow those existing client relationships so your agency business can thrive. Welcome to episode 73. Now, are you asking your client for referrals to get more business or does the very thought of it make you feel uncomfortable or awkward? Now, if it does, you're definitely not alone and you're also in for a treat because today's guest, Stacey Brown-Randall, will be providing guidance in how to get referrals without asking. Now, this is something she's been helping agencies and service-based businesses with for over 10 years. So she provides lots of tips, lots of reframing, and lots of different ways that you can approach the process of referrals. And we all know it's cheaper and easier to get referrals rather than chasing new business. So I think she's got some really special tips to share today. I hope you think so too. Let's go over to the intro now. Today, I'm delighted that Stacey Brown Randall has joined me. She is a successful author, entrepreneur, and host of the podcast, Roadmap to Grow Your Business. She's helped thousands of business owners learn to generate referrals without asking. So I've invited her in on today's show to talk about how agency owners and account managers can do the same. Stacey, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jenny, so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am excited about having you and really excited about getting into these questions, Stacey. So (laughs) would you mind starting off by just saying, why did you decide to start teaching people how to get referrals? You know, it was actually for a very selfish reason. It was for what I like to refer to as pure, sheer necessity. I had a first business. It was actually an HR consulting firm and it failed after four years. And when I looked back on why that business failed and I was like, okay, I know I'm meant to be a business owner. It's just a matter of figuring out what I'll do next and starting my second business. I knew one of the things I had to figure out was the business development piece. Like I had to figure out how to generate business, not just consistently, but in a way that I was willing to do consistently. I mean, anybody can cold call for like an hour, maybe, (laughs) right? I mean, the truth is we can do just about anything. We just can't do it forever or as long as we need to if we don't enjoy it. And if it's not something you're going to wake up and be willing to do, you will find other things to do to avoid eating that frog. And business development cannot be the frog. Like growing your agency, growing your business can't be the thing that you avoid until the very last hour because you have to do it, which means you've got to find ways that work for you. So when my first business failed and I was like, well, what I was doing obviously wasn't working. What am I willing to do to grow a business? And for me, I was like, wait a minute, there's this thing called referrals. And I didn't get any with my first business with that HR consulting firm. Actually, the first referral that business received, that first failed business received was two years after I'd already shut it down. And so for me, I was like, wait, but I do really good work. And they say, that's what you need to do if you want to get referrals. And then I'm like, wait a minute. They also tell you, you got to ask and you got to like pay kickbacks and compensate. Or you got to put like really cheesy things like in your email signature, the greatest compliment you can give me is a referral. And none of that worked for me. None of that fit who I was. None of that fit my brand. None of that fit how I wanted to show up in the marketplace. And to be honest, I'm not interested in making other people feel awkward and uncomfortable while making myself feel awkward and uncomfortable, like asking people to refer me. And I was like, there's got to be a better way. 
And so I spent the first year of my second business. It was our productivity and business coaching practice. I spent that first year being like, we're just going to throw some spaghetti on the wall and see what sticks in terms of how can I get referrals and ignore all the old school advice that's currently out there. And in my first year in business, I got 112 referrals that I didn't ask for. And that changed everything. That I mean, I was kind of onto something at that point. I had clients asking me to teach it to them. When you have to teach it to someone, then you realize, what am I actually doing? What's the system? What's the strategy behind it? And that's almost now 10 years ago. And we just consistently refine the process. Now we have a bunch more processes or strategies, I should say. Not everybody needs all of them. But just in doing this almost over the last decade, it's really given me the opportunity to like peek inside a lot of different businesses. And I keep seeing the same things over and over again about when it works. It's because our methodology focuses on the science behind the referrals and why they're ultimately happening and then builds a strategy that we all will feel good and comfortable about using. Because if we'll feel good about it, then we'll do it. I love the fact that you just stumbled across this by sheer <laughs> trial and error. That is so <laughs> inspiring. And that you still had a huge business and you obviously pivoted at some point. So you started with general business coaching and then you've kind of narrowed it down to helping clients with this. Does this work for every type of client? Like who's the typical client that tends to work with you? Yeah. So every business can definitely receive referrals, but based on the industry you are in and the volume or the kind of the model of how your business is established, there are actually different strategies that you're going to be able to deploy. So technology-based or SaaS-based companies, they can deploy strategies that I teach against just because of the nature of who they are. I mean, the way Uber decides to generate referrals by offering you $25 or a free ride next time, right? That's a strategy. That's the compensation strategy that works in a like humanless, right? Because you never, other than your Uber driver, you're not really talking to anybody at Uber, a humanless kind of strategy regarding referrals. So referrals will work in every industry. It's just a matter of the strategy behind referrals that will work for specific industries. And so the ones that I work with, right, are typically service-based business professionals that are really focused in their business on building relationships. That doesn't mean they're like taking their clients to coffee every week or every month, but there is typically humans in their company that are interacting with their clients and they build relationship-based businesses, trust-based businesses. And typically the clients that I work with, someone deciding to work with you is no small investment. So the other thing there is, is that when someone makes the decision to hire your company, they want to get it right. And so typically they are looking for someone to recommend them to you before they just decide to find you. It doesn't mean they won't. I just want the referral part of your strategy, of your growth potential and your growth strategy to be based on what's actually going to happen in terms of where those referrals are going to come from. So I do a lot, agency owners, right? Like your audience, um, but also with interior designers, real estate agents, financial advisors, coaches and consultants, attorneys. So it's those people that think about what all those industries have in common. You're going to know your interior designer the same way you're going to know the person building out your website, the same way you're going to know the person who's you know negotiating that contract for your business you're going to get to know them. There's going to be a relationship there. And it is in those moments where my strategies are best suited for referral growth. Mm, love it. Well, we're definitely talking to the right woman because these <laughs> service-based businesses. And I think probably what I should have asked at the beginning, which I'll ask you now, is let's, for everyone listening, define what you mean by a referral. 
Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that, Jenny, because the truth is we all have our own definition in our heads and we all think we're on the same page, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we are. And I see, you know, referral is used interchangeably, like word of mouth referral or referral marketing, or people confuse referrals and introductions. I see people use different sales lingos or sales terminology interchangeably. And all it's done over the years has diluted the power of what a referral really is and then how we should be paying attention to it in our business. So for a referral to be a referral, and this is all based on why you want a referral, right? So Jenny, if I were to ask you, like, why do you want someone to refer a client to you? What's the typical response that you would have? Like why you want referrals? My typical response was they're so impressed with the result that I got them or that they would want to say, well, hey, work with Jenny because she's going to get you this result as well. She can help you grow your accounts. Right. And so they trust you, yeah. right? There is this level of trust that a referred prospect has that a cold prospect coming through a Facebook ad just doesn't have. And it's not that you can't close them both, right? It's just they're going to show up differently. And when a referred prospect shows up, they already trust you. So they are quicker to close and easier to close. Typically, they're less price sensitive, right? Because they've already assigned value to you because somebody else assigned value to you for them. And so when you think about that's why we want referrals, it says we do amazing work, which let's be honest, pat on the back is always good. And it means the prospect is easier to close to become a paying client. Then the definition has to represent that. And so the definition of a referral is that there's always, number one, a personal connection. You have to be connected to the prospect by the referral source. That's where the trust is transferred. Now, I know I'm sure there's some folks listening right now and they're like, well, wait a minute. People tell me all the time that they told somebody else to hire me. And I always say, yeah, but were you connected to them? Do you even know who they are? And they're like, no. I'm like, so it's like you got this great word of mouth buzz. It's just like out there. But you're like, I don't know who the people are that need to hire me. And unless you know how to flip that word of mouth buzz right into a referral, it's just going to stay out there in like word of mouth land. And that's not to say that word of mouth buzz isn't good, but I'd rather you know how to flip that into an actual prospect being connected to you because a referral will always, number one, have a personal connection from the referral source to the prospect to you. Number two, there's always going to be a need identified. The prospect knows they are the prospect right? They are ready to have a conversation with you. They are willing to meet with you. They will allow you on their calendar because they know they have a problem that you can solve. If I'm living in my forever house for the rest of my life and I plan to like die in this house and never leave it until they drag me out, then I never need to be connected to a real estate agent because I'm never going to sell, right? So you want somebody when they're connected to you to be the prospect, because that means they're ready to make a decision. It doesn't mean they're ultimately going to pick you, but it means you got a better shot than most people that they will pick you if they've been referred to you because they know they have a need identified. They know they're the prospect. I see this a lot with like introductions. People will be like, oh, Stacey, look at this. I got this referral. And I'll read the email and I'm like, are you sure you're not the prospect in this scenario? And like, what, what do you mean? And I was like, there's nothing in that email that says that they need to hire you. So it could be that you need to hire them. All you've done has been connected. The prospect has not been identified. There's no need identified. You may show up for that coffee meeting thinking you're talking to a prospect. And in fact, they think the same thing. They think they're talking to a prospect too because you both had one person who said, hey, you two should know each other. Mm. Introductions are great. Use them to grow your network. There's nothing wrong with them. But let's be very clear that they're not a referral. And the big reason why I want people to know the definition of a referral it's because I want you to know what happens next. 
hey, I have a referred prospect or no, wait, this is word of mouth buzz or Stacy said this was an introduction, then I want you to know how to respond accordingly based on what you've received because you can identify it. So don't make assumptions. Just be really clear and take the time to think about actually what's the scenario here. This is really deep. So I wouldn't even thought about this. It's already. <laughs> Why is it important for agencies to have a referral strategy? You know, have a, a real kind of think about how we're going to approach this. Yeah, I think it's important for people to recognize there's lots of ways to grow your business. And there is not those that are wrong versus those that are right. It's just what works for your agency and what works for how you want to grow your business. My personal preference is, is that a referral strategy is a part of the mix. I want it to be the biggest strategy. I want you to be like, my referrals produce the biggest results for me every year. And these other things work too, and they're great, right? I want the biggest piece of the pie to be referrals. But that doesn't mean you only have to have referrals generating business for you. I mean, that's amazing and awesome. But at the end of the day, I just want you to be aware of the fact that it is a separate strategy. When people typically teach sales, they teach prospecting and marketing. And they teach prospecting like the networking events, the leads groups, the 7 million cups of coffee, right? The associations you'll join and go to, all those events you'll attend. So they teach like, hey, you should do some prospecting activities. And then they'll teach, and you should do some marketing activities. Like you should have a website, maybe have some social media presence, maybe get some PR, right? Some earned media. All are good. There's nothing wrong with prospecting and there's nothing wrong with marketing. You probably should have parts of both. But unfortunately, for the last decades and decades and decades, the way referrals have been taught is that they've taken the idea and the concept of referrals and they've slammed them into prospecting. And they said, okay, referrals fit in prospecting. So here are your tactics. If you want referrals in prospecting mentality mode, then you're going to ask for them, right? Or you're going to network to know a ton of people so they're always remembered, right? They teach these strategies like asking and paying and networking all the time that are prospecting in nature. Or people who say, no, 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 referrals fit in marketing. It's referral marketing, which is not a thing. Just want to go ahead and say that. It's like one of my big beefs. But people say, no, 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 referrals are referral marketing. Like they fit in marketing, which means they teach you gimmicky and promotional strategies like putting in your email signature. The greatest compliment you can give me is a referral, which no one's paying attention to. And it's certainly not triggering referrals. The reality of it is, is most people teach referrals like they belong in prospecting or marketing. They don't. They actually have their own leg of your stool. So your sales strategy is not a two-legged stool with just prospecting and marketing. It's a three-legged stool. And the referrals is the third leg. So what I want agency owners to be thinking about is do I have a third leg to my sales strategy? Do I have a specific way that we go about from a strategic perspective of generating referrals based on what referrals are, what they mean for this agency, the science behind how we make them happen, and then who's involved in making that happen for our agency. It's just another way to grow your business. I mean, personally, I think it's the best way. But at the end of the day, it's still a strategy and you've got to put it into place for it to work. Before I ask you to give us a little bit of a flavor of some of your strategy, I think there's going to be a lot of agency owners listening and cringing a little bit at what you're saying, because everything you're saying, I'm thinking, yep, yep, yep. You know, it is fitting under prospecting. It does fit under marketing. So I'm sure there's people thinking, what's Stacey going to say? Like, how should I do this differently? Just to give us a bit more of a flavor of the traditional route, Mm -hmm. you know, asking, putting in your email, what other things are a little bit cringy when it comes to asking for referrals that you've seen taught 
Oh, oh my gosh. I feel like I've seen it all. And sometimes I'm like, something new is going to pop up and I'll be like, oh, I haven't seen that before. And I haven't yet. I do see different ways of trying to do the same thing. (laughs) So asking is the biggest, right? I mean, if you go to Google today and you're like, how do I get referrals? It's going to give you 9,000 million responses back about here's 25 ways to ask for a referral without feeling desperate. That is a legit article on Google. 25 ways not to look desperate when asking for a referral or something like that. I mean, if you need 25 ways not to look desperate, it's because you look desperate. (laughs) Let's just call it out what it is. Let's just call a spade a spade. And so... Asking's the big one, but it's like how people are taught to ask is sometimes how you see things shift and change. Like you should put it in your invoice. When you send the invoice, there should be something at the bottom of your invoice that says, hey, who are three people, right? Or this one came out about 15 years ago, so it's a little bit older, but it's still around and it's terrible. It's the, hey, Jenny, I was looking through your LinkedIn profile and you're connected to these four people. Why don't you refer them to me because they're my ideal client too? Like, can you, like, oh my, seriously, right? I mean, definitely. And you're like, and I don't want to talk to you anymore because that's creepy, right? And so asking and how people are taught to ask, there's lots of them out there that I think are very cringeworthy. The compensation is another piece. So you have lots of companies that'll say, hey, you should pay a commission or you should set up a referral bonus structure or some type of loyalty program, right? Now that's going to work in some industries better than it's going to work in others, But the industries that I work in, right, there is this idea that put yourself in the position of the client. If a client is referred to you and then they find out six months later that they were referred to you by someone that they knew and trusted, then got paid $1,000 for referring them to you, what immediately is called into question? Mm. If you're the right agency for them, Mm. right? Wait. Can you really solve my problems? Are you going to do amazing work? Or was I just a lead you paid $1,000 for and we called it a referral, which it isn't. At that point, right, it's a lead. Now, here's the thing. If that client knew in advance, hey, I got referred to you and I recognize you're getting compensated, then it's fine. Because the buyer, right, the client knew. It was like, buyer beware. Everybody knows up front what's happening. It's not a kickback. It's not under the table. It's not a shh, don't tell anybody, but I'll give you 10% on any business you send me. If you're not willing to tell the client that, that's where we have a problem. So that's another big cringeworthy place that I see. And I think the other thing is, is like when people do really like gimmicky and overly promotional things, I'll be honest, I don't see this so much in the creative space, but I do see this in the real estate space. It's like sending out a pack of extra gum with a little note that says, I'll go the extra mile for your referrals, right? Or sometimes I'll see like the bag of goldfish. It's like, I'm fishing for your referrals with the little note. I'm like, oh my oh, God. Stop it. Yeah. yeah. Stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> now here's the thing. I do know people who are like, I like sending out the bag of goldfish. I'm like, then you get to do you because you're an adult and you're the business <laughs> owner. So you get to do it. But for me, with the industries that I'm in, right? And the way that I want to be seen by the marketplace and the way that I want my clients to trust me, like, I just need to have a different reputation, right? I just need to be elevated in a different way. And so those are some of the main cringy things that I would say I see the most, but the worst, at least all those are strategies or I should put like air quotes around, right? At least all those are some kind of strategies, some kind of tactic, right? The worst advice that I hear given that drives me crazy is, well, if you won't do any of these ways, like if you won't ask and compensate and be promotion gimmicky and network to know a ton of people, if you won't do those ways, then you just won't get any referrals. 
oh, you'll just have to get the sporadic ones that come in. And then you're there left hoping, right? And hope is not a strategy that referrals will show up. That's the one that drives me crazy because that's like telling 98% of the world, I know you don't want to ask. It's awkward and you're right. I know you don't want to compensate because it's bad and you don't do that. I know you don't want to network to know a ton of people because you have a business to run. And I know you don't want to be gimmicky and promotional because that's not how you want your brand to be seen in the marketplace. But if you just won't, you just don't get. And it's that advice that drives me bonkers because it doesn't pay attention to actually what is triggering referrals to happen from a scientific perspective. And then guess what? There is strategies that you can build around that to be able to naturally cultivate and generate more referrals in a natural way. It's just, you're going to have to reframe your thinking when it comes to referrals. I can see your passion coming through and it's clear that (laughs) kind of, you know, you've done it yourself. You've obviously taught thousands of people since and 10 years is a long time to be teaching this. So you've obviously gone deep. And as you say, you've even extended, you know, the different ways and you've probably seen every trick in the book. So I'm sure you've got people sitting now on the edge of their seats saying, well, tell me how to do it. So can you share with us as much as you can, you know, before your paywall of (laughs) people get started? First, let me just say thanks for recognizing them a business. So there's probably a paywall. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many people are like, tell me it all for free. And I'm like, do you work for free? Yeah. But here's the thing. I also know your audience does need enough to understand that this is possible. Mm-hmm. So I do think it's really important that we talk about what this looks like from a strategic perspective. And then what are the nuts and bolts behind some of the strategies? Now, I'm going to say this, and this is not to overwhelm you. But when I think about all the different things you can do to generate referrals, there are three big, what we call foundational strategies. And it's where I tell everybody will start with one of those three if they just choose to work with me or even if they don't. It's the drumbeat that I'm constantly beating. You have to pick one of these three foundational strategies because that is going to give you the sustainability that you want. Layered on top of those three foundational strategies are actually 15 other situational, and next level strategies. So before I talk about what the three foundational strategies are and like kind of how to get started with the one that's right for you, I will say the 15 uh, situational and next level strategies are things like you're not getting the right quality of clients referred to you. So how do you have a conversation with a referral source that doesn't make them defensive and stop referring you, but helps them understand who your ideal client is? There is actually a right way and a wrong way to have that conversation based on the science. Or maybe for you, you're like, I really would love to know how to plant some referral seeds just in my social media post. What does that look like? There's a way to do that elegantly and professionally versus a way that's like everybody sees through it and they're like, okay, moving on, scroll past. (laughs) Or let's say you're the business owner and you've got a bunch of the referral source relationships, but you're like, I have an amazing team of account managers and I would love for them to own some of these referral source relationships. So as the business owner, I'm not the only one owning it, right? So that's how do you transfer the ownership of the relationship with the referral source to someone else on your team? That's another, it's actually a next level strategy that we teach as well. So once you have some foundational strategies in place, then we really start paying attention to what's gonna make it better and what's gonna make it easier and what's gonna streamline things and what are things you probably didn't think about. So a lot of our situational and next level strategies, they focus on specifically on referral sources, like the quality conversation, specifically on prospects while they're in the buyer's journey. So we're like having them thinking about referrals without even knowing it, because we never say, and you're going to refer me someday. Like, 
that is bad. We never say that. But some of these are focused on the prospect and the buyer's journey, and some of them are just much more in line with other business development strategies. But you don't ever dive into any of those, (laughs) even though that's probably painting some people like, wait, but I want to go with the one you just said about quality. Where we start, though, is we start with one of our three foundational strategies. Your business's lowest hanging fruit right now are the people who are currently or have recently referred you. And if you can identify if you have any existing referral sources, that is where I would tell you to start hands down because people who have shown you know, that they will refer you in the past or they're referring you now with the right strategy to take care of them. And I don't just mean like you send them a newsletter or you like send a text message every 30 days and you're like, hey, what's up? How you doing? That's not what I'm talking about. But when you take care of them in the right way, in a memorable and meaningful way, and you use the right language, it's almost like subconsciously planting referral seeds. That's when you see them start seeing more opportunities to refer to you. So when I talk about, and when folks enter into my world, they see me talk about this a lot. When I talk about, yes, I have a framework and I can double, triple, or quadruple your referrals, depending on where you're starting from, in one year, it's typically with this strategy. Not always. Some people need two strategies to get there. But this strategy is that, hey, you have referrals. Now let's grow it, right? Let's look at our existing referral sources, identify them, create the right plan to take care of them, and do it with the right cadence, which means five, six, maybe seven times in a year, not daily, weekly, or monthly. Let's take care of them in the right way, use the right language, and then we'll start to see more referrals come in in that way. That's the first foundational strategy. It's called growth by referrals. It's you're growing because you're already getting referrals. We're just going to get you more. But some people can be sitting here listening and they're like, you know what? I've had my agency for a year or two. And the truth is, I don't know if we have any referral sources. And if we do, we don't have that many. Or some people who've been in business 10 years are like, well, we haven't ever focused on referrals. So we don't really have any referral sources. Well, then you have to start with what we call the potential referral source strategy. And that's identifying those clients and contacts you want to refer you. And then there's a strategy we teach about how do you take someone who's never referred you and you cannot ask them to refer you. So how do you get them to start referring you? There's actually a strategy that we teach in that methodology as well. And so I always tell folks, you're going to start with one of those two foundational strategies. You've got referral sources. Great. Let's take the right care of them with the right language to get more referrals from them. Or Let's identify people to start referring you and start cultivating those relationships so they'll become a new referral source and start referring you. And then the third strategy any business can use, I just don't usually have them start there because I can get faster traction with the first two strategies. But the third foundational strategy is it's your client experience. You need to actually be referable. Like my disclaimer when I teach people my first two strategies is I'm assuming you're referable. And so... You actually have to have a client experience. And most people think we do great work. We're referable. That is not what it means to be referable. Referable is not great work. Yes, you have to do great work, but it is so much more than that to be referable. And so we teach the referable client experience as well because we have found that sometimes people are like, I just can't get more referrals. And then I'm like, I have done this in the past with some clients. I'm like, all right, let's pretend I'm a client. Put me through the paces. And like halfway through, I'm like, time out. This is terrible. I don't actually say it like that. I may think that. I don't actually say that. But I'm like, no, no, no. Like, you're not actually doing things that are making me want to refer you. I'm not guaranteeing you that as every client will refer you. But let's at least put the odds in our favor that we're giving them the right experience that they will refer us. So that when we start putting all the other strategies in place, we've got a well-oiled engine here. We call it in our world, 
the program that we have where we talk about all 18 of these strategies and all the stuff and you get to work with me and stuff, it's called Building a Referrable Business. And that's the name of the program, but that's actually what we're doing. We are looking at your business and we are making sure whether it's just you or it's you and 10 people, we are making sure that you are building a business that is just not missing any opportunities and then building processes and procedures behind them to generate those referrals. Wow. So all of your experience over the last 10 years with doubling down on referral strategies, and then you've got this third arm, which is, okay, so let's make you referable and let's look at your client experience. And that's where your old business consulting from your early career comes into play, doesn't it? Because you're actually helping them with their business as well. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, I I don't get into the details like you should use this software over this software or you should use Basecamp over Asana to manage your... I don't get into like the work details from that perspective. What I really focus on with the referable client experience is you need to have the work product excellent, right? You need to have valuable work product and you need to have a really streamlined process that the client feels working with you. You can't have a choppy client experience. And so from that perspective, there's pieces to that. But where I really hone in on the referable client experience is actually on the other side. So it's not just the work that you deliver that makes you referable. It's actually the relationships that you build to the process. And that doesn't mean taking your clients for a beer. Like sometimes it's the simple note that you send to a client when they've come on board as a new client. And it's not the simple, we're so glad you're a client. Everybody sends that note. Well, those that send them right? I'm talking about taking a moment to really think about when your client decides to say yes and signs on the dotted line to working with you, what's it actually going to be like? And what are they thinking? And let's make sure they know that we know what they're thinking. We're inside their thoughts too. And we are prepared to, you know, to walk them through this journey. And so that's the thing that I see people missing. And yet there are definitely moments in the client experience where you should be planting referral seeds and that every client kind of receives that. And you kind of see Who does that work with to start generating referrals? But everything's done in a way that comes back to this idea that referrals come from relationships and you have to be willing to invest in them. Not like taking everybody to get a beer every month, but like you have to be willing to invest in them if you want to see referrals happen. You keep referring to the science behind it. Can you share with us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so at a high level, there's like three big things I want you to know about it when it comes to how referrals happen. So I kind of talk about the science in two ways. There's the science that's happening when a referral is happening. Like there's the piece that's like, what's happening when this referral is being given? Like there's the science there. And then there's parts of that that we use that we build out how we like teach someone to build their strategies is based on science as well. Like so when someone's learning how to build out their referral plan, we're baking into how we're teaching them to do that, how the science works as well. So it shows up in two ways. It's like how we teach it, but it's also how we explain what's happening. So if you think about it at a very basic level, when a referral is being given, right, most of the time, 99.9% of the time, people think when they receive a referral, it's about them, right? When you think, like I woke up this morning to an email, from an awesome client that's in my building a referable business program, Adam, referred me to another client. He's like, at least once a month, he's referring me to somebody. I woke up to that email this morning. Now, normally people would think, oh my gosh, Adam loves me and is helping me build my business and thinks the world of me. Truth is, he probably does think all those things. I mean, he wouldn't refer me if he didn't. But that's not what Adam was thinking about when he referred me this morning. What he was thinking about was that his friend had a conversation with him about needing more referrals. 
And Adam was like, oh yeah, I can be the hero here. I know exactly who to connect you to. I'm gonna connect you to Stacy. Now, why did that friend even know that Adam worked with somebody on referrals? Well, because I have a referable client experience. So Adam's talking about me from time to time, right? And so that person heard it and was like, I, I need that. Adam, can you help me? In the moment that Adam referred me, it wasn't about me. Yes, I get a new client and that's amazing. But it wasn't about Adam referring me. It was about Adam being the hero for somebody who had a problem and he was gonna help them solve it. That's how the brain works when it comes to referrals. It's called the triggering of the happiness trifecta. You know, it's like the dopamine and all the chemicals in the brain. There's three of them that kind of fire off when you do something that makes you feel good. And helping somebody is at the center of that. So the truth is, it feels good to refer, but it doesn't feel good in the way that you think it does, like they're growing your business. No, 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 they're helping someone. The next piece of the science is the psychology of trust. And that is just, I mean, everybody gets that one. Like there's books written about, right? Speed of trust. Like the trust factor though, isn't that Adam knows that I will do amazing work for his friend. He knows that. I mean, ultimately he knows that whether he was a client or not, right? He would know that I would do great work. That's not actually where the trust comes from. Where the trust comes from is it's because we have an ongoing relationship, whether he was a client or just a center of influence for me and never been a client because I maintain a relationship with my referral sources so that that trust continues to be fostered. Most people think, well, they've got to know how I do my business and how we take care of clients and how we're different, right? And they're going to know what is our blue ocean strategy different from everybody else? Like, actually, no. Do I like you? Then I'm going to assume you do good work because we have a relationship. Like the foundation of that trust, yes, you can't actually do bad work. I mean, let me just I just feel like I need to put a disclaimer in here real fast. Okay. You can't actually do bad work and have people continue to refer you. It will come back to bite you in the rear. But the idea is, is that the trust in me, yes, I know you do great work, but then we continue to maintain a relationship because I'm doing it, that the trust continues to grow because we're connected. And that's how the psychology of trust comes into play. And then the third piece of that is behavioral economics and understanding how social networks and the science behind social networks actually work within your business and within the relationships that you have and the surprise and delight factor behind behavioral economics. So that's kind of like the three pieces. It's like your brain with the happiness trifecta, the psychology of trust, and then social networks and behavioral economics. And those pieces together are actually, when you peel back the layers of why a referral is happening, why that referral is actually happening and why you're receiving it. Wow, fantastic. I think a lot of people listening, first of all, they're making a note of anyone that's ever referred them thinking, I haven't spoken to them for eight feet yet. <laughs> I better make a call. But this is super interesting because you're right, Adam is the hero and he wants to feel like the hero and he's feeling like the hero to refer you. So it's not about you. Love that. So tell us, like you've obviously worked with thousands and thousands of people. Who have you seen have made the biggest difference to their business when they've implemented like a thorough approach that's all scientifically backed to referrals? So you know you use the most important word ever, and that is implemented, right? There are lots of people who can learn this. And there are lots of people who can attempt, I'm going to try this little piece or that little piece, or I'll get as far as this, and then I'll get buried in my other 30,000 things I got to do on my to-do list. But the people that I see have the biggest success, they do have a few things in common. Number one, they will implement. Maybe not right away, and maybe not as fast as I want them to, right? But ultimately, they will implement because that means they trust the process. 
I always tell folks, when you're going to start learning from somebody new, it's like, you know, you're listening to the new guru, you're listening to the new expert, you're like deciding to like, hey, do I want to learn from this person? You have to fundamentally understand what they stand for and what their philosophy is. Because the tactics they teach you that you're going to then have to do and hopefully not be uncomfortable, but comfortable doing all comes from their philosophy. So I spend a, a lot of time educating people on my philosophy because I'll have people who like come into my program and they're like, I'm still kind of waiting for the moment when you say, gotcha. And then you teach me how to ask for referrals. And I'm like, never going to happen. <laughs> not who I am. Like never going to happen. My mother would beat me senseless if I did a gotcha plan. And so, you know, the, the reality of it is, is that you really do have to understand that this is a process you have to trust and you have to implement, which means you have to do the work. The other thing that I see is this is not personality driven, right? Introvert, extrovert. I mean, you do kind of need to at least like people. I mean, if you like hate people, this is probably not going to work for you. But like, that doesn't mean you have to like want to hang out with them all the time either. I have lots of people whose referral sources are not local. So there's never any like, we're going to grab coffee moments, right? And I think it's a value if your referral sources are local and you can. But lots of people like me, right? I mean, I work with business owners in 12 different countries all around the world. And a lot of them refer me. I will never meet the majority of my referral sources. And so you can still cultivate that relationship even when you're not local. But the reality of it is, though it's not personality-driven, like introvert, extrovert, right? You're a high eye on the disc or whatever, right? Or you're like a whatever it is on the Enneagram that like loves people or whatever. It's not that as much as it is you actually care. You actually have a gratitude mentality and believe that it is your responsibility to take care of the people who take care of your business. And that doesn't mean with dollars. And it doesn't mean with lavish gifts. And it doesn't mean that you have to have the biggest, you know, client appreciation slash referral source event every year and spend $10,000. But at the heart of it all, at the end of the day, these people send you business and they put their reputation on the line when they do it. And you believe you should be doing something that makes sure they know it. And I think there is a fundamental piece of your character that is built into that because you're going to have to make time for it. So this is how I see, like, thinking of Catherine, one client who on average 12 referrals right, in a year before working with me in her first year, because I don't ever guarantee it because I don't always know how much work people will put into it. But my goal is to double, triple, or quadruple your referrals in your first year. That's fabulous. There's your ROI. That's not really what I care about, though. So let me explain it. So Catherine comes to me, and she's got 12 referrals on average. So we get her to 40 in her first year. So I don't do math great in my head, but I think that's tripling it. Is that yeah. quadrupling it? Uh, anyways, it's more than double. triple, yeah. Triple, okay, over triple, right? So we take her from 12 to 40. That's fabulous. And Catherine could have stopped there. But that's not what I'm about. I'm about, no, 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 these are sustainable strategies and you better be using them in 10 years when I talk to you in 10 years. So then Catherine goes from 40 referrals in her first year. The next year, she gets 50 new referrals. I think it was 52, right? The next year, she gets 67 referrals, I think, in her third year, right? So she goes from 40 to 52 to 67, then COVID hits in 2020 and she drops a little. She goes from 67 the year before to 62. So not much of a drop. Right? So about five less or we'll take it. And then the next year she gets 82. I don't know what it is about twos in her. But like, so she's 40 in one year to year five. She's at 82. And now she's like mellowed down. She's like, I really only need 70 because then I can close the number I want to close. I know some of those won't be the right fit. And I can work on that as well. But like, that's more than I need. And it just, her number is dependent on her business. And so your number is dependent on your business. But that's ultimately what I'm looking for. 
Is it the person who's like, yeah, I want to have a great first year. And yes, I'd like to pay for my investment, the ROI, Stacey. But then I'm going to sustain this. And this is how I'm going to build my business year after year after year. I mean, just from looking at what agencies typically do, which is prospecting and pitching for business and et cetera, et cetera. It's so expensive. It's so time consuming. Actually, what you're saying makes absolute financial sense, given that a referring source. And is it 30% higher likelihood of conversion? I don't know, but it's there's some much, like you said at the beginning, it's much more likely that someone that's been referred to you is, is going to convert so much easier. So, I mean, it makes very, very logical financial sense as well. I mean, you've said so many things that I think a lot of people are probably leaning forward thinking, oh my goodness, you know, this makes so much sense. And, you know, even when I think about myself and I think about just people that have referred me, am, am I caring enough? Have I taken time? I feel a bit bad about that. I am a caring person, but oh my God, when was the last time I spoke to that person that very kindly introduced me to someone? So nurturing, and that was the question about Catherine. Let's take Catherine, for example. How much time does she invest in your strategies in order to get those types of results? Yeah. So we track this because I know if it takes you a ton of time, you won't do it. (laughs) So it's really important that I'm like, okay, what does it actually look like to go from 12 to 40 in a year? And first it's dictated by how many strategies do you have to deploy? So I'm going to give times, estimated time ranges that you should expect to spend after you've learned. So this isn't the time it's going to take to like learn the strategies and build it and implement it in your business. This is like, okay, it's implemented. Now, how often am I having to do something with it? And typically, if you're deploying our first, our two foundational strategies, the you have existing referral sources and you want to get more referrals from them and you need to cultivate some new referral sources as well. Typically, I tell folks you're going to average around two to three hours in a month because you need new referral sources and that takes more time. But I have some who are like, no, I got like 25 people referring me. If I could just consistently get a great referral from all of them or two referrals, I'm good. I don't need any more. And I'm like, well, then you're probably looking much closer to probably less than 20 hours in a year. And that's broken down, not necessarily monthly, because you don't do something every month because that's called being a stalker. (laughs) You are going to do something five or six, maybe seven times a year. And sometimes things are going to be really easy to do. And sometimes you're going to invest some time We teach a variety of ways that we do outreach to our referral sources. You have to build the right variety for yourself. But it's really like 20, 24 hours in a year. I'm thinking everybody has that type of time. But that does come like after you've learned it all. And the cool thing about when I teach folks my strategies, I'm like, you can knock out a strategy in like four hours. Like if you sit down and just start to finish and do it and build it and stuff, four to six hours, you should knock it out. So it's not like these things are hard to learn, but you do have to be willing to take the time. I think what you said earlier about implementation is so, so true. I mean, as a trainer myself, I know that my strategies work, but they don't work in of themselves. You know, people have to take action. And I don't know about you, Stacey, but I actually have to meet people before they come on my program, just as a kind of, can I sense that this person is an action taker? It's not always you know, bulletproof, but I have to meet someone because it's my reputation. I want people to get results. And I can see that you feel the same. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the truth is, sometimes they surprise me. And I'm like, wow, I really thought (laughs) they would do more. And sometimes, like I had this one client that I brought on board a couple of years ago, and she averaged 40 referrals in a year. And our goal was 80. We always set a goal. I always know what we're aiming for in your first year. 
And I was like, okay, 40 is a great number. Let's double it. Let's get you 80. And she was like, that would be amazing. And then she went to town. Like she extended some of the strategies, figured out how she wanted to implement them in a different way. She was like sometimes like teaching me and I was like, this is incredible. (laughs) 312 referrals in her first year. Wow. Second year, 302. So like from my perspective, I know what the process will do if you'll trust it and then do it. But I also know you can take it to the nth degree as well and like surprise even me with the results that you can have. But the truth is not everybody's going to take action. And so, you know, I always tell folks is particularly when people join my group coaching program, I'm like, I'm here. You get access to me every single week. I am answering your questions. I'm critiquing your work. I am here, but I am not your mama. And I am not going to make you show up. And I am not going to make you get the ROI out of this investment if you're not going to do the work. Because the truth is there is some work to do or send a team member. I have lots of people that the business owner who invested in the program is not the person who shows up every week. They've sent the team member who's learning this and implementing it for the company. I don't care who comes. I just want somebody who's there who has been told, make this happen. And then they're on board with making it happen. Maybe I have to be a bit more strict like you are. I like (laughs) And then if you're not going to take action... Don't come. Listen, I think there's going to be a lot of agency owners, also account managers who are responsible for that day-to-day relationship, who are super interested in what you're talking about. I think it a lot of this makes total sense. You obviously know your staff. You've been doing it for so long. So do you have any final pieces of advice for anyone listening that's, you know, sitting on the fence thinking, oh, you know, is this going to be a lot of hard work? You know, maybe I'm happy with what I'm already doing with my prospecting. Anything that you can give, you know, maybe that comes up all the time, because obviously you've done so many podcast episodes. What can you advise? Yeah, you know, the number one thing I always tell folks is, is there is a moment when you're going to decide if you want to get serious about referrals or not. And typically that moment will come if you sit down and you figure out who are your existing, your current referral sources right now. And I have loads of free information. Like it's in my book. There's a whole chapter, chapter eight in my book, Generating Business Referrals Without Asking, that tells you and walks you through how to identify your referral sources, your existing referral sources. They're on my freebie page on my website, stacybrownrandall.com forward slash freebie. There's a spreadsheet you can download that'll walk you through how to identify your existing referral sources. I have a training where I walk you through me on the video, walking you through how to do it. Like I believe so firmly in... It's not that you have to take action after you've figured out who your referral sources are. It's that you're going to be empowered in the moment to decide if you want to take action. When you know who your referral sources are, not based on your gut and not based on anecdotal evidence and not based on what happened the last three members or the last three months, which is like the only thing you can remember, but actually what's happened over the last year or two or three years in terms of who's referred to your agency. When you see those names in black and white, you'll just know. Yeah, I want to take better care of them. Yes, I feel like that's something I'm supposed to do or task somebody on my team to do. I want to know how to do that. Well, then I'm here, right? But at the end of the day, you have to decide who are those people. Once you know who they are, then you can decide if you're actually going to do anything with them. Lovely. Very good advice. Stacey, we obviously will put that link to your website on the show notes. Is that the best way to contact you if there's anyone that wants to you know, contact you for more information. Is that the best place to go? Yeah. I mean, the website's the home base for everything. Like the programs we offer, how to work with me, all that stuff is definitely there. There's also a contact page, you know, where you can definitely just send me a note and then we can connect as well. And then I'm on, well, I'm on too many social media channels. So 
There's always a way to find me. Great. Well, we will put as many as we find in the <laughs> so that we can, they can stalk you wherever. Thanks for being amazing. And I love the sound of what you're doing. And I will be definitely, I've already downloaded a couple of your free resources and they've been amazing. The way a lot of free information on your podcast as well. So thank you so much for joining us and thank you for sharing so much info. Oh, Jenny, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Stacey and you can find all her details and resources at stacybrownrandall.com. And finally, if you'd like to chat to me about account management training for you or your team, then head over to my website, accountmanagementskills.com and book a call with me. It's no obligation. Let's have a chat and see if I can help. And today I'm going to leave you with some of the participants of my previous training who talk about how the training has helped their confidence levels. I look forward to speaking to you on the next one. biggest result for me is always confidence and um, just giving equipping me with those skills that allow me to go into things confidently knowing what to ask for knowing what to do and kind of prompting those ideas um, that I can adapt to my own accounts and what's what's actually relevant. Definitely confidence um, massively and not only externally but internally as well Um, so with my other colleagues but also with my directors and just kind of um, asking them questions to be honest I've always asked them questions but asking questions from that kind of account sales direction you know pipeline type point of view I'm asking those them questions that I wouldn't have normally broadly speaking I'm more confident and I feel like I'm approaching account management in a very different way I feel like you've given me a new perspective on on account management how to approach it it gave me a framework it gave me foundations it gave me confidence I think just to go back in and and say this is tried and tested so I didn't imagine that I, I you know I, that I would be confident in, in fulfilling I thought it'd be a step towards it but it's kind of a few steps towards where we want to be so that's a real positive and that helped me just know what I was saying, feel confident um, in, in that approach. It's just given me that m- massive confidence boost to actually question things and, and go in there with a, just a bit more of a managerial attitude. My approach has just changed dramatically. And I think that's been probably the main, I, I talked before about confidence. That's certainly something that's gonna make a big difference. My confidence as an account manager is, it's I, it's hard to put that into words, like just how much more comfortable I feel now. Super boost uh, for, for us and, 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 and individuals involved because what we've required of them They've now been given the tools and confidence to deliver.